0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in yet another overcast day here in an empty capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Ian Hendry, director of Maxwell's Hair and Beauty, a Bedfordshire's largest independent hairdressing and beauty salon. Ian, hello.
1: Hi, Matthew. Thank you for coming
0: on the program today. I'm very well. Um, Now, normally, I'd like to charge headlong into the subject of leadership. But considering uh, the uh, odd circumstances that we find ourselves meeting under, I must ask, how has COVID-19 firstly affected your business and how are you going to uh, recover from it?
1: Uh, It's been a very strange time. Uh, Obviously, we've been closed for about 12, 13 weeks. Um, You have 37 staff that have been furloughed. Um, It's been very strange. Uh, There's been elements of it that have been quite good, actually, spending time with the family. Um, It's been interesting to see how the team have reacted to having so much time off and uh, how much interaction there's been. One or two have kind of fallen off the radar, but others have been very active uh, doing charity work Um, social media has been very good, Um, the content has been fantastic, the girls have been really active with that. So there's elements of it that have been a benefit. We've been having team meetings on Zoom, WhatsApp, that kind of thing. And I think it's going to change the way in which we communicate in the future. So um, even though it's been strange, there's been elements of it that have been very positive, actually.
0: Now, tell me, how do you believe uh, the future for the beauty industry will look? Of course, uh, a lot of the procedures that you want to take are, are quite uh, close contact uh, sort of activities. Uh, what is the roadmap uh, to reopening that?
1: Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, we're working on that at the moment because we're hoping to open in around about three weeks. And like many other businesses, we're having to put lots of um, personal protection Equipment in place, um, sneeze screens, um, we're having to have extraction, air extraction um, systems put into the beauty rooms to, to remove the air from the rooms. Um, obviously, the look of the salon is going to be very different with plastic screens everywhere and the stylists wearing face shields and face masks, all of that kind of thing. We're having to draw um, up a whole new set of policies and procedures on working practice, and that's not just the, the basic things like. That sanitising, deep cleaning, all that kind of thing. But actually the way in which we operate because we're having to socially distance at the moment. So um, like I said, normally we're, we're a team of 37, but we've worked out across the salon. We will only have, only be able to have around about sort of 15, 16 people in at any one time um, because of the social distancing and safe working practices. Um, we're having to change our working hours. We're going to seven days a week. Monday to Friday working nine till nine and then Saturday to Sunday working nine till six. Um, the girls are actually doing less days but longer hours so that we can um, spread them across the week. So it's it's going to be very, very different for the girls, for uh, to the, to the team working and very different for the clients as well, visiting the salon. And we're actually in the process at the moment of doing a almost like a, a public information film, if you like, mm. um, which will only be around about... 90 minutes long to give the clients an idea of uh, what to expect when they come in the salon.
0: How interesting. Um, we might as well transition over to the subject of leadership. I always like to uh, start this part of the conversation off by asking the same simple question. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: Um if I described myself as a leader I see myself more as a a director a a catalyst so somebody that makes things happen uh, for other people Um, I think I think if you're working with a team of people uh, most businesses certainly certainly are um, the people are the business we're not selling product. uh, we're delivering service and that's only ever going to be as good as the people that are delivering it so the people that I employ are my business. And as a leader, it's my job to try and direct them um, to help work in a certain way. Um, we've always included our staff in the decisions we make. Our working policies and procedures and practices have all been decided amongst the people that uh, we work with, rather than me saying, I want you to do it this way. And I have found that that's, that's the best way. Uh, to get the most out of people because they then feel engaged and um, you you create more of a culture. Um, And it certainly works well for us.
0: Now, let's go back to the beginning of your career when you first started out your working life. Did you have any um, role models who shaped the way that you lead today?
1: Yes, absolutely. I I didn't actually go into hairdressing until I was 23 years old. Uh, I left school at 17 and worked on cruise liners for five years. Uh, which is a very different environment to the one that I'm in now. It was predominantly male. Um, there was seven to eight hundred crew. I worked TNO on the on the Canberra, uh, and I think out of that seven or eight hundred crew, there was only about thirty or forty women, which were children's hostesses um, and women assistant purses. So it was a very very different environment and very regimented and structured and uh, a definite hierarchy in place and uh but the, the one person that really inspired me was the the bar manager um a guy called Dougie Williams and he just had an air and a presence about him and he was very calm i never saw him lose his temper he he would walk around and you you kind of want to do things for him you'd want to impress him it was almost like a father figure so yes certainly and um i i tried to um bring a little bit of that if I can in into into the way that I work with people. I I I really want people to like and respect me, not necessarily be scared of me or want, if you know, of me.
0: Now if we uh move on uh to getting younger people into uh your trade, um what is the most important thing for a young person entering uh your business?
1: I think, I think that's difficult because um, it, it, in my lifetime, I'm, I'm 52 now, and the workplace has changed. And I think it's going to change even further, especially with what we've had happening over the recent months. I, I can't remember in, in my lifetime when I've ever had four months off work. And um, I think for this generation coming through, um, actually having that time off, Uh, not even just the young generation, actually, the older generation, I think everybody's going to have a little bit of a a mindset change because um, we're we're all, even those that are working at the moment from home, are working differently, communicating differently. Um, So I think we're all going to go back to work with a slightly different mindset, different attitude towards work. But I think in our industry, I think the, the, the main thing is uh, with hairdressing, is it's it's a job that you really need to be passionate about, and if you're not, um, it will show. You really need to love what you do. It's it's more than a job. It's a little bit more of a, a vocation. I remember reading an article uh, in the newspaper a couple of years ago about job satisfaction, and they were saying that hairdressers were one of the happiest people in their jobs, and I I honestly believe that because. I think uh, even in our salon, and we're, we're a big salon, um, there's a lot of people in a small box, and y- you need to get on, you need to share what you do, you need to get on with your colleagues. It's as much about um, communication as it is actually doing a job. Um, so that that would be my advice to anybody going into hairdressing. you're going to need to love it, really.
0: Now, unfortunately, our time together is beginning to draw to its close, but before I let you go... I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what does the next 12 months have in store for Maxwell's Hair and Beauty?
1: I think it's going to be very different um, from so many different perspectives. We certainly aren't going to be as profitable. Um, it's going to be a struggle financially. Um, the, working, the working practices that we're going to have in place are going to be uh, difficult. Um, but like any other successful business, You just need to learn to adapt, I think. Um, These have been forced upon us. Uh, We'll do our utmost to get through it and work through it. Um, But it's going to be very different. But I think if you look at businesses that have been successful over the years, I think the ones that have been successful are the ones that have adapted to change, maybe even preempted change, and um, worked through it. Um, And that's exactly what we'll try to do.
0: Well, Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the program today. And I'd love to have you back on the show when things get back to some semblance of normalcy so we can talk a bit a bit more about your actual business. Uh, Ian, thank you.
1: That would be great. Thank you.
0: That was Ian Hendry, director of Maxwell's Hair and Beauty. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is my exclusive interview with our chairman, Lord Blunkett. Lord Blunkett, welcome.
2: Thank you very much. It's very good to be with you. and the US, and to some extent to the Scandinavian countries, have a very different interest, uh, history and, and therefore interest in maintaining the freedom to decide and the persuasion and mm. consent that's required. Uh, those countries that have experienced one way or another totalitarianism over the last century have a slightly different way of coming at this. Mm. I don't want to exaggerate it, but I think that that's why